Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. For those of you that are new to the community, I am Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, the founder and host. For those seasoned listeners, thank you so much for tuning back into another segment. With me today in the hot seat is Joe Menninger, and I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Joe and what he does. So, he's hailing all the way from Germany. He is a startup scout consultant, and podcast host. His first team was shut down in 2020 during the first corona wave there in Germany, and he decided to take his side project, his podcast, to full time. Now he works as a freelancer and runs his podcast. And today we're going to talk about more of what he's doing because he's had experience in fintechs, startups, VCs, which are venture capitals, and etc. So without further ado, let's welcome the man behind it all, Joe Menninger. Hey, Genesis. Thanks for having me. My pleasure, Joe. And as a way of an icebreaker and a get-to-know-you better, there are two options to choose from here. We can do an icebreaker or we could do a rapid-fire 10-question game, emphasis on rapid, so the audience gets to know you a little bit better. What are you in the mood for? Uh, just to do rapid fire. <laughs> Okie dokie, here we go. Question number one, say one thing in German. Guten Tag. Guten Tag, is that good day? Yes. Yay, or uh, awesome. So question two, what is your drink of choice? Coffee, tea, or something else? Always coffee. Question three, if you could give one piece of parental advice, what would it be? A 30 minutes rule. <laughs> Question four. If you could trade places with anyone, would you trade places or remain yourself? Uh, maybe for a day, I would like to trade places, for example, with a big tech CEO, but not forever. <laughs> what big tech CEO? Uh, I think Google is very interesting. What, what's the name? Google. Google is very oh, interesting. Oh, Google. Google. Okay, yeah. got it. Question five, would you rather a dream car or dream home or heck, let's go big and have both? Um, I'm totally fine with a dream home. Question six, what is one quote or mantra you live by? Uh, life is lived forward but understood backwards by Kierkegaard. Question seven, favorite book or movie? I think I would go with Forrest Gump. Stupid is, stupid does, my mama says. <laughs> and mine would be, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> that is my second one. <laughs> Question number eight. As a dad, what is one piece of advice outside of the 30-minute rule that you wish someone would have told you when you embarked upon fatherhood? You cannot protect them from everything. I have two boys and one of them is already mobile and in kindergarten. Just let them do their stuff. Just make sure they're not hurting themselves substantially. A little ouchie is totally fine. Question nine. If you could go anywhere in the world and money was no option, where would you be headed? 
Ah, uh, I think some somewhere in the Pacific, like Fiji or Bora Bora. Ooh, question ten. It is our pass or play question, and here are the rules. If you pass, the ball comes back in my court, and you can ask me a question. If you choose to play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire. So, do you want to pass or play? Oh, ask your question. Okay, what's your question, Joe? Um. What would be the place you want to visit if their、uh, money was not an option?、Uh, obstacle. Sorry. I would say hands down Turks and Caicos, but we all know what happened with Hurricane Fiona. It is, you know, going through some things right now. And the other thing that I would, the other place I would love to finish, uh, not finish. Visit would be Curacao, the Netherlands Antilles,、mm. which is where my father was from, and I would have loved to go with my dad, but he passed in November of 2020. Oh, so sad. I've I've seen from、uh, postings from fellow students and、uh, the ABC Islands, Antigua, Barbuda, and Curacao. They're amazing. Also, on my to-do list. <laughs> amazing, and thank you for playing rapid fire, Joe. Now let's dive into the work that you're doing now. Um, with the pandemic, it also started something amazing for a lot of people. Whether they were forced out of a corporation that had a awakening for them to realize that there is more, more to the eye than they were able to see because they had their blinders on, making other people's foundations and legacies bigger and brighter. When they fail to realize that they have incredible skills that they can use as an asset, which sounds like. What you did because you took your passion from part time to full time into podcasting, but you also have experience with fintech, VCs, venture capitals, and startups. Can you share a little bit more about your journey? Yes.、Um, so I started out with a vocational training. You don't know in the U.S., but in Germany, it's pretty much standard.、Um, I did a vocational training as a banker, then、uh, went to university. Uh, stopped by uh, uh, half a year in China, lived there, worked there for Chinese government、um, environmental protecting agency in Beijing, and then I came for a whole year to the U.S.、Um, a small a small school in Texas called Midwestern State University in Wichita Falls, not in Kansas, in Texas. <laughs> and、um, from there, I went into consulting capital markets because I did in the U.S. my degree in finance. And、um, basically, I stayed there for quite some time, but started out in 2012 a hobby project, a podcast about the German startup scene. Over time, there have been a lot of international guests, and they always said,、ah, "You know,、uh, German is neither my native language nor am I fluent. Could we do it in English?" And so I started doing an. English-only podcasts on a German-speaking startup scene, so GSA, Germany, Austria, and Switzerland, or you can call it Dach region.、Um, it both means the same, and it's very hard to combine any information outside of my podcast that is really aggregated. Sometimes you have a little bit of information here, a little bit of information there, and that's basically what how I bring it together. Most of the sources are in German, and if you follow me, you have kind of a Kind of a regular wrap up. You keep your finger on the pulse of the startup scene. 
that is what I started in 2012 as a kind of hobby. It grew bigger and bigger. And at one point at this time I was working for Deloitte, uh, they asked me to leave my normal job and become a startup scout. So I was basically looking for startup with uh, new innovative solutions and con and with the partners and directors connected him to Deloitte clients and then Deloitte made the project of the implementation. I did this until end of 2020 because within Corona, they decided to shut down my team. And then I said, okay, I always want to try uh, be an entrepreneur, be freelancer. This is my chance. So I took the severance package and went for it. And two years in, I'm really, really enjoying it. But I have to admit, it's not as easy as a corporate job because you only eat what you kill. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. So thank you for sharing that because it gives us more insight of who you are, Joe. And it sounds like you're very well-rounded and you have that versatility there. And shout out to uh, Texas. I am a native Texan. So that's amazing that you From came. Where? What place? <laughs> I live in, are you familiar with Clutch City is what some people say, home of the Houston Texans, the Rockets. <laughs> Actually, I, I spent my first Thanksgiving ever 2006 in Houston. I visited a friend from college there and I was there at the ceremony, you know, when they plug in this this oversight electric plug and all the Christmas lights turn on. Yes. Yes. So, that's amazing. And I like the fact that you um, pivoted because a lot of people during 2020, they weren't sure what to do because a lot of businesses were shutting their doors and some of those businesses did not open back up. And now switching gears, we see what people call the great resignation, where a lot of employees have woken up and realized that what I did for that company, I could take that and do it for myself and et cetera. And I see a big wave here. There's a lot of tr uh, transitioning, but there's also a lot of transformation happening. And I know you have an internet-based radio uh, station or slash show, however you want to call it, and you talk about startups and the importance of that. Can you give the lay of the land on how someone can be successful tapping into startups? Because that may be a territory that they're unfamiliar with, and it may scare them, but if they do it with focusing on what's out in front of them versus what's behind them, then I definitely feel like they could be successful if they get over fear because on the other side of fear is victory. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I also know saying everything you ever wanted is on the other side of fear, right? <laughs> yes. Um, it, it, it's a little bit difficult to have some, um, to have some advice for startups in general, because startups do everything from um, um, food supplements to um, deep tech bringing microsatellites into space. And that's, that's a huge field. And I'm usually dealing with um, startups in the software space, meaning a little bit due to my background, I was a specialist in capital markets for almost a decade. Um, so fintech is more specialty of mine and uh, SaaS startups called software as a service so basically everything for example calendly uh, google mail google calendar th that are all SaaS solution basically that's where i know a little bit the market and there are always jobs in demand if you want to do that or you can uh, have a look starting your own company so um for example jobs in demand is chief product officer um 
for example, especially here in Germany, I always get the impression if you have a capable chief product officer who can speak English and German fluently, uh, they send you a contract and uh, tell you, okay, fill in the salary. <laughs> of, of course, there's also always um, the need for capable coders. Um, with the pandemic, I've seen more and more startups embracing really remote-only work. I talk to at least three startup founders on my podcast each month, and most of them are open to remote work if you have spent at least a little time in the company, let's say one, two months, and then you can go back home and start working remotely. And I do believe the remote-only company is in the future. Yes, there's a question. Yes. Yeah, so let's spend some time talking about um, fintech. And since that's your area of expertise where you have a lot of knowledge there, because I definitely feel like that is a growing a growing industry because you mentioned Calendly. You mentioned, um, there's also Acuity, which is similar to Calendly and a lot of SAS, which is where I think a lot of people are spending their time for innovation and AI reasons because they're, they're, they could tap into those areas to help them become more productive and spend time focusing on other areas. And then with FinTech, a lot of people may be trying to transition career-wise because maybe their industry tank. Like for example, my background is a supply chain and logistics, but I spent 12 years in the oil and gas and energy sector until 2020, which is when I got laid off and I did get a severance package. So we're kind of similar in the same area. And then I started my my podcast as a passion project after my father passed because I wanted to put content out there that was educational, inspirational, and motivational, while also weaving in the need for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. So whenever you see people in your background or people trying to get in, involved in fintech or SAS, SAS operations, what advice would you give those individuals? Because they may not be um, true to it. They may be new to it, but just because you're new to it doesn't mean you can't be true to it. Um, there are usually always some skills you can apply to a new job that you have been using in the past. And Genesis, for example, I do believe there are a lot of supply chain startups out there right now that due to the current situation, they'll get a hell lot of funding and looking for a lot of people. Okay. Thanks for, thanks for that plug. I definitely may, may think about that as a new mom. I'm enjoying motherhood. I have a two month old, but I'm definitely exploring, exploring options. Like I love what I'm doing now. I'm also coaching as well and et cetera, but I want to give the audience a chance to, you know, be well-rounded and look at various options that they may not have thought about because I think one way of getting ahead and staying ahead is expanding your areas of expertise, learning new information, and then looking at where are your areas of expertise and out of those areas of expertise, how can you expand upon it? Similar to what you're doing, Joe, because a lot of people who were in the predicament as you, they may not have, you know, launched out deep because they may say, oh my gosh, what about if I fail? Well, what about if you don't fail? What about if you do it afraid and you see the success that comes with it? And then you just kind of gathered all of your tools and put it on a tool belt and you use your resources and here you are 
are now sharing your success with the audience here. So correct me if I'm wrong, what was one of the struggles that you faced that you overcame that made you appreciate you taking that first plunge? Ah, um, one of them was finances because I had some contracts out um, before I before I left the, uh, my company, and basically the problem was everybody backed out of all the contracts. So a half year in, I was I was completely without revenue, and that's the point I decided to also take up a startup scouting for companies that look for investment targets or takeover targets again, as well as my consulting skills really to get a, a really good business mix going because just from podcasting, it's very hard to live if you are not, for example, Joe Rogan or somebody who who is really popular and gets hundreds of thousands of downloads. Absolutely, because I feel like Sometimes people see podcasters and they're like, oh, this is amazing, but they may not necessarily see the work that goes into podcasting. There's a lot of things that go on behind the scene. And I like the fact that you wore your consultant hat and then you tapped into startup, you tapped into scouting and you made it work for you, Joe. Did I hear you correctly? Yes, exactly. And Admittedly, I was a startup scout before, I was a consultant before, but at first I want to exclusively focus on my podcast, which just didn't work out. And then whenever you thought about exclusively working on your podcast and it didn't work out, what was something that you learned out of that outcome? I learned to look around for opportunities. So I was not completely fixed on that's the only thing that could work. Uh, I always told myself, okay, that's not working the way I expected it to be. What else can I do? What else can I try out? So I was really much in a startup mindset. I did a lot of uh, small tries, a small, a lot of small experiments. What worked, what didn't, and I try, and I used to ones that did work. Okay, perfect. And so, audience here, I want to. Um expand on that. So what I'm hearing from Joe is even though the podcast didn't work as he expected it to, he did not allow that to discourage him. He looked at other things that he can do to be beneficial to him. So scouting, startups, and then just kind of taking what was in his wheelhouse, or some people may say wheelhouse, and applying that knowledge and that area of expertise so he can bring in revenue, so he can stay ahead of the curve, so he can tap into other areas of expertise. And that does not mean that the podcast is not going to jump off at a later time. It just means that he's not going to spend all his time and energy on an area that is not lucrative and beneficial for this season that he's in. He's going to diversify himself and diversify what he spends his time on. Would you say that would be a good summary there, Joe? Yes, totally. And Joe, I want to throw the ball in your court here. And I want to give you the chance to share something that we may not have covered so far based on your background and your areas of, of expertise that can add value to the conversation. Um. Let's talk a little bit about what a startup scout actually is, because we've been always using Scout, Scout, Scout. So basically, it's somebody who looks for startups for you. It means on the one hand, for example, investors are uh, use my expertise, my network 
to uh, look for startups in the German speaking area, because the big problem is they're not necessarily on Crunchbase or any other database you have there or the, or um, other um, companies like large enterprises, they're looking for takeover targets and they also hire me to help them find potential targets. That's a thing I'm doing there. Nice. And do you do this full-time for the scouting for these big corporations, so small corporations and et cetera, or with you being a freelancer, you could choose which contracts you want to take. I'm working as a freelancer and I have a few um, contracts at the same time because you only get paid when you're successful. And so I try to have multiple contracts at the same time, multiple clients, but nothing that overlaps, nothing that there is a potential conflict of interest. Okay, perfect. That was going to be my next uh, question because as a freelancer, you're pretty much the ball is in your court, but then you also need to be mindful of COI, y'all. And COI is that conflict of interest. So whenever you're in the freelancing space and you're taking on these different contracts simultaneously, do these businesses ask you what other companies are you representing or do you divulge that information up front? Um, that mostly depends on the type of contract. I always tell them that there's no conflict of interest, but in my standard contract that I give to my clients, there's also a part where I basically say that um, I have to manage all my own conf uh, um, conflicts of interest, my potential conflicts of interest, because otherwise I basically have to show them all the contracts that I'm doing, which is not necessarily what you want to have. Exactly, because I'm sure there's going to be proprietary information there. And you may have um, any NDAs that you're required to sign as a freelancer, and that's non-disclosure agreements audience. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And usually my contract also includes um, uh, NDA clause and NDA paragraph, so I cannot necessarily talk about it. Okay, perfect. So it sounds like you have the compliance piece of it covered. And with being a freelancer, is there any piece of information that you would like to share for anyone interested in tapping into the freelance space with maybe doing what you're doing, not on the German side, but on the US side? Yes, of course. Uh, I would strongly recommend to first make one try, see how much time you need, what uh, data sources you need, and then go for more and not taking on like five or even 10 um, clients at the same time. Plus, when you um, when you offer consulting work, you always should make sure to only to limit the time you only spend on one client. Because otherwise, um, a client says, well, I pay you that much and I basically want to have you. And they're creeping in more and more of your work time and your, your work hours and you cannot get anything else done. So if you want to work for more than one client, you have to strictly limit the hours there and you have to stick to it. Absolutely. So it sounds like you definitely have to set up boundaries and have that clear, clear line of communication and say, this is the amount of hours that I'm allocating for this project. These are my negotiables versus non-negotiables. And then make sure that they understand the information that you're putting out there. And it's mutually mm -hmm. beneficial for the both for the both of you, because if not, then they could easily try to creep 
creep work onto you, like you, like you mentioned, Joe. And then before you know it, they're taking up all of your time that you don't have time to diversify for another client in order so you can eat too. Because we all know that, you know, what, like you said early on, um, you can't eat what you don't kill. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, Joe, as we begin to wind down, I want you to share your call to action with the audience today based on the versatile conversation that we have had. And if there's any last gem you want to share, please go ahead and share that. Of course, you can learn more at uh, at the website of my podcast, www.startuprate.io. So it's Startup Radio, and you put the dot before the I. Amazing. And are you on any social media platforms, Joe? Uh, there are only a few where I'm not present. Look for startuprate.io. <laughs> Amazing. So audience, you just heard Joe Menninger. We talked about startups. We talked about fintech. We talked about setting up boundaries. It was a little bit of everything. So you got a lot of tea and a lot of gems in this short amount of time. So I encourage you to go check out Joe Menninger's podcast. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and follow Gems Podcast as well as Joe's and just learn something more and not just take the information that you learn, but also apply it so it could be beneficial in order for you to be well-rounded because each one of us, we're here to leave an imprint, but that imprint should be driving an impact for future generations to come. And it's not always about us. It's about how can we take what we learn and acquire and make this world a better place. So Joe, all all of your contact information will be linked in the show notes. Audience, I encourage you to step outside of your comfort zone and do something that you wouldn't have thought about and dare to dream because once you dream, then the sky is not the final destination, the moon, because there are footprints on the moon. So until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day and go do something amazing. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.